0: We meet today in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1 to verse 20. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 1 to verse 20. We see here that the injustice of life suggests the adoption of a moderate course. Dead flies petrify the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a fold odor so does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 1. Now here we see, life is full of illustrations of this truth. You see, one night on the town can mean a lifetime in the darkness of disease or even death. Just one deadly fly will ruin the ointment of the apothecary. Now, that is tragic, my friend. The ointment of this woman would be ruined simply by that dead fly. A mother spends 21 years teaching a son to be wise, and some girl will come along and make a fool out of him in five minutes. What a picture! A little folly, a little foolishness. That is all it takes to ruin everything, that would have been built over a long period of time. It can be the thing that can ruin a life and spoil even the lives of others. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 2 Now, the right hand is the hand of strength. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, Whatever he does, he does it with his heart. All of his heart. He doesn't do it reluctantly because, you see, the left hand is the weak hand, so it does things reluctantly. The false heart is at his right hand. He just does things in a half-hearted way. Oh, my friend, whatever you do, do it with your heart. If you are going to serve God, Do it with joy and excitement, as if to say, with your right hand, the hand of strength. Don't make the Christian life a drudge. Make it something worthwhile. Whatever you do, do it with excitement, with joy. Even when a fool walks along the way, he lacks wisdom, and he shows everyone that he is a fool. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 3. A fool does not have to carry a placard on himself that says, I am a fool. No, no, no. The fact of the matter is that all he has to do is to open his mouth. Sometimes he doesn't even have to open his mouth to prove that he is a fool. Sometimes you might feel even at a community meeting, people will get up to express their points on a particular issue. A man will make a thoughtful suggestion and you think, oh, that person is an intelligent neighbor. Then another fellow gets up and in that minute he opens his mouth. Oh, you look at your friend and whoever you may be sitting next to and you arch your eyebrows, so to say, to say, what is happening? Why? Because the person will exhibit such foolishness. The Bible calls him a fool and he tells everyone what he is by simply opening his mouth. If the spirit of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your post. For conciliation pacifies great offenses. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 4. Now, the man under the sun is going to take the position of yielding in order to pacify. In other words, if you can't fight the city hall, join them. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, as an error proceeding from the ruler. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 5 and verse 6. Now, this is one of the things that has happened in our day, in our age. What am I talking about? A dignity has been given to sin. There was a time when sin was down. On the side street, it was considered dirty and filthy, and it w- it severed of that which was law and fall. But today, my friend, sin has moved up on the on the ladder we have elevated sin, sin is committed with great dignity, and it has been given a prominent place. it is given even prominence on television shows. Have you ever heard interviews with the ordinary citizens or with the ordinary Christians? No, no, no. These are the people who are making the finest contributions to their community and to their society. Are they the ones who are interviewed? Not these. They occupy a low place. You never hear them. The attention is focused on the ones who are the sinners and the oddballs who actually make up front. In fact, you don't even hear news of something good. Sometimes our newscasts are so saddening because all of them are full of the bad news. I have seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. To work hard, save your money, and start late do not always mean that you will become a success. The fool next door may inherit millions of dollars. Sometimes it is the fool who rides the horse. Sometimes it is the fool who drives the latest model in your town, the vehicle. Sometimes it is the fool who lives in the best suburban in your city, while the prince walks as a servant. Now, I know many wonderful Christians in my own country who are humble. Many of them live in humble homes. Some of them are financially well-to-do, but they are ignored. They are princes who walk on the ground like servants today. And that is the picture that we are given here. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and whoever breaks through a wall will be beaten by a serpent. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 8. Now, if you think that you can get by with sin, especially if you are a child of God, you are very foolish, my friend. God may not act immediately to deal with your sin, but all you need to do is wait. God will eventually judge you for it. I've watched that over the years, Christians do things that are wrong and seem to get by with it. But somewhere down the line, God will begin to move in on them and he takes them to the woodshed to discipline them. Whatever you sow, that you shall also reap. The principle remains unchangeable. He who quarries stones may be hurt by them, and he who splits wood may be endangered by it. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 9. Now removing stones in that day was removing the markers of property lines. This is saying again that one cannot get by with sin. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you try to cheat someone out of his property or anything else, God will see to it that you will get hurt. This is the reason that the Lord Jesus tells us that we are not to avenge ourselves. The Lord says... Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Romans 12 verse 19 The Lord is the one who will settle the accounts, and his time to settle the accounts is coming. If the axe is dull, and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 now if the axe or the axe or the hole is dull you will need to sharpen it if you have any sense at all you have to sharpen it a dull hole or a dull axe makes cutting the tree or digging the ground much harder that means you will have to use a lot of strength now unfortunately many people are not willing to do the thing that will sharpen the hoe, or the axe. If the man welding the axe has not sharpened the blade, his work becomes more difficult, and it demands more strength and power from the worker to accomplish its task. Now, wisdom would have the workman prepare his tool properly in order to accomplish his task more efficiently. Now, There are no shortcuts, my friend, in God's work. No shortcuts. If you want to be in the ministry of the word of God, it is imperative that you thoroughly prepare yourself. You need to sharpen the hole. You need to sharpen the axe. Sharpen your sword. Don't go out untrained. Take the time for sharpening. It is foolish to take out a dull axe and expect to cut down many trees. Or a dull hole and expect to cut down many weeds. Sharpen the hole and then move in on the weed patch. The book of Ecclesiastes has some great lessons for us to learn. It is an unusual book, but we can learn from it. A serpent may bite when it is not charmed. The bubbler is no different. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 11 now we need to understand the practices of the east if we are going to understand this verse it is very similar to psalm 58 verse 4 to verse 5 where we are told their poison is like the poison of the serpent they are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear which will not heed the voice of chamas charming ever so skillfully. Now, this same idea is found in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 8 verse 17, we read, For behold, I will send serpents among you, vipers which cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, says the Lord. Now, the adder is a very deadly reptile. The cobra is a deadly reptile. So the serpent in this passage we have quoted, probably is not referring to literal snakes. I think it is referring to that person, the babbler, who will deceive you, who will betray you, a Judas Iscariot. After all, that's what the Antichrist will be to the nation of Israel in the Great Tribulation. Even among people in the church today, you will find those who will say things that are not true. A serpent may bite When it is not charmed, the bubbler is not different. He may pose as a friend, but he is going to bite you like a serpent, no matter how nice you are to him. This was the kind of sorrow that David felt when his friend Ahithophel turned against him. Ahithophel had been his counselor and his personal friend, but he left David and went with Absalom when Absalom rebelled against his father. That broke David's heart. And I think David was a broken man after the rebellion of Absalom. Up to that time, I doubt that there had ever been a king like David in his prime. After that time of rebellion, David became an old man, and he pours out his heart in Psalm 55. And that is the picture we get here. Oh, Lord Would you confuse the cancer of Ahithophel? Solomon is saying that in view of the possibility of this happening, one should be very careful. I would say that this is the philosophy of life of the average person today. He is the moralist, the do-gooder, who walks in the middle of the road. He has been told to be careful with Mr. Sorenso, who can repeat what he says and twist it. So when Mr. Do-Gooder, or the moralist, faces these people, he adopts a very sweet attitude towards them, but he is very careful about what he says. Sometimes it seems that we actually should confront the kind of person who takes facts and twists them, and point out to the person exactly that what he is doing is wrong. However, I know from experience that if you point this out, you will be attacked in a most vicious manner. But what is your choice? The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 12 The lips of the fool will swallow up himself, and those who are around him as well. That is why one should be careful in making friends and choosing the right kind of friends. There are some people who will try to destroy you. There are people who will be like the adder, the cobra, the serpent. If you are nice to them and can keep them charmed, things will go well. But be very careful how you act in their presence. This is good advice, my friend. But it is a middle-of-the-road cause as you can see the beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness and the end of his talk is mischievous madness a fool also is full of words a man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him who can tell him ecclesiastes 10 verse 13 to verse 14 now how true this is have you ever noticed that if you have a group and you throw out a topic for open discussion, there will generally be some loquacious person in that group. Usually, some person who likes to talk will take over the discussion, and often he will say foolish and absurd things. Then the group begins to wish that person would keep his mouth shut. When I have a question and answer discussion, I always actually prefer and encourage people to write out their questions. Why? If you don't do that, you will almost invariably find one bubbler in the group, one talker who comes under this category of being a troublemaker. Someone has considered such a person as one whose brain starts with his mouth working, and then the brain goes off and leaves it. The labor of fools wearies them, for they do not even know how to go to the city. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 15. Now today we would say that the fool doesn't know enough to come in out of the rain. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and you princes feast in the morning. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 16. Now they give themselves over to pleasure instead of ruling the people properly and being a blessing to their land. That is why it is a tragic thing to have young kings who will simply be interested in their own pleasure. Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 17. Now, some argue that the writer's critical attitude toward kings here, and in chapter 4, verse 13, would not be appropriate for Solomon. However, the entire book of Ecclesiastes is written from the standpoint of an aged, wise, and observant philosopher, and not a propagandizing government leader here. Certainly Solomon was aware of inequities and failures among royalty as well as subjects. So the big problem in the world today is not drugs, but liquor. Even during times of drought and famine, the number of alcoholics does not go down. Here in Africa, we may even have shortages of basic commodities, but not of beer. There are too many beer holes. There are too many cocktail parties and beer holes in the capital cities of Africa where the political decisions are being made. And this verse tells us, Blessed are you, all land, when your king is the son of nobles. What is it saying? In other words, he is not given to drunkenness. when your princes eat even in due season, for strength and not for drunkenness. For strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 18. Now, this is an indictment of laziness, and of the refusal to work, and I'm afraid, my friend, that is becoming a way of life in our nations today. Lazy people are all over the place. A common greeting is, take it easy and have a good day. In other words, do as little as possible, and have as much fun as you can. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 19. Now this verse may be variously applied, though it is obvious that from the world's perspective, money is the key to success and happiness. It requires money to buy rich food and costly wines and to enable men to indulge their appetites. A man who has money will allow himself any liberty but that is not the end of the story my friend do not kiss the king even in your thought do not kiss the rich even in your bedroom for a bird of the air may carry your voice and a bird in flight may tell the matter ecclesiastes 10 verse 20 actually In Zimbabwe, we do have a saying that says, the wars have ears, the wars have ears. Don't just think you are by yourself. Now, such an utterance will probably prove unfortunate and could ultimately produce tragic consequences. Do not beat your head against the formidable war, my friend. Do not sacrifice your life to such a fool. Practice the art of prayer that is charming, and thereby ensure the providential guidance of the Lord in all of your dealings with such a despot. Careless words have always have a a way of being discovered by those in authority. Do not kiss the king, regardless of your president's political party or his views. I do not feel that you should caricature him or you should make him an object of ridicule. In the New Testament, Peter says, Honor the king. That again is a way of testifying that you are a child of God. You know the truth. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box, 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.